Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. I firmly believe that the the name of the game is infusing the healthy stuff into our already awesome life to improve it, not change our life for the wellness stuff. So that is what I am jazzed up about. Living a healthy, balanced life as a mom can sometimes feel impossible. With tiny mouths to feed, butts to wipe, and so many things vying for our attention, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe every mom is a super mom, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't have to go on another diet to do it. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor for conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life. I want to help you uncomplicate eating, improve your relationship with food, and live like the supermama I know you are. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I have the most fun guest to share with you today. I have had a few requests to share about eating a plant-based diet, living a plant-based lifestyle, while also eating intuitively. And I had the perfect guest in mind, and I am so excited that she said yes to being on the podcast, and we had the most fun conversation. Talia Pollock is a writer, speaker, author, storyteller, plant-based chef, TV personality, and health and empowerment coach. She's the host of the top-rated Party in My Plants podcast and the proud founder of Party in My Plants, an internationally celebrated wellness platform that helps real, busy, everyday people acquire an abundance of energy to take on the world in any way they wish. Talia's simple recipes and spunky lifestyle advice have been featured in outlets such as The Dr. Oz Show, The Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, BuzzFeed, Bustle, and Success. Her first book, Party in Your Plants, 100 plus plant-based recipes and problem-solving strategies to help you eat healthier without hating your life, will hit kitchen counters and nightstands this April. She lives in Pound Ridge and New York City with her husband and her golden doodle, both of whom love kale and one of whom eats it off the floor. <laughs> so if you couldn't tell from her bio, Talia is just the most fun. She's so passionate about living a plant-based lifestyle, but in a way that's really balanced and doable for your life. So I cannot wait for you to hear our conversation. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Talia. Hey, Talia, welcome to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I am so excited to have you here and share about living a plant party life. Woohoo! I'm so stoked to be here. Thank you for having me. Totally. So I would love to start with just a really quick icebreaker. And it's funny because I think I know the answer to this one because I follow you on Instagram stories quite a bit, but I want my listeners to hear. It's about breakfast. <laughs> it, it is. What do you drink first thing in the morning? Oh, perfect. Well, I drink a cocktail, if you will, that includes water apple cider vinegar, and amazing grasses, greens powder that has some matcha and yerba mate in it to give me a little caffeine boost. And I've been drinking this truly every morning for like six years, which is really, wow. <laughs> like that's a long time. That's crazy. But I feel like it's those 
those habits that we developed that that make us feel really good that we continue with. When they make us feel good, it six years passes and we don't even realize it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's so important to have these routines that really like bookend our day so that no matter what happens in the middle of it, like, you know, we're in control of the, the perimeter. So that's one of the ways that I, I do that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So question regarding it. I've seen you make this cocktail and I've tried amazing grass and I've tried apple cider vinegar. Usually I do lemon water in the morning. Sometimes I'll do apple cider vinegar too. Does it make it extra green tasting when you add the apple cider vinegar or does it kind of cut it down? Like you mean if you just did amazing grass with water, does it make it? Yeah, versus like the adding the apple cider vinegar to it. No, I don't think it may. I, if anything, I prefer it kind of detracts from the greeniness. Mm, yeah, that's what I was like, curious big about. Time. Yeah, because I've done amazing grass like on on a, you know, traveling on a traveling on a trip, like on the airplane or something just with like coconut water or water. And I'm like, oh, whoa, that is grass. But when <laughs> I do it in the morning with the apple cider vinegar, I'm just, you know, the green is just a color. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, I like to take it with me traveling too, because you never know. Sometimes you're not going to see greens for a few days. So it's nice yeah. to have that little little health boost. Totally. Awesome. So I already shared your bio at the very beginning, but I would love if you could just share a little bit more about who you are and what you're passionate about bringing to the world. Ooh, what a lovely question. Well, as you heard, I'm Talia Pollock, and I run a brand and biz called Party in My Plants. And it stems from my own journey of discovering plant food, discovering that it makes me feel like the best version of myself and helped alleviate a ton of digestive issues and immunity issues and then depression and um, confidence issues. And it, it plants gave me my life back. And then they took away my social life because it was very hard to be a person who dehydrated their own kale chips or cracked open coconuts or milked their own almonds um, and all also be a member of my sorority because I discovered plants when I was in college and I really struggled to be a mainstream normal person whose friends drank boxed wine and this kale eating kale juice making person. And so I chose the plants and then I lost the happiness from the social life. And so my mission and what I'm passionate about is in empowering people to never compromise your real life for your wellness life. I firmly believe that the, the name of the game is infusing the healthy stuff into our already awesome life to improve it, not change our life for the wellness stuff. So that is what I am jazzed up about. Oh my gosh, I'm nodding over here like, <laughs> yes, I can so, so relate to so many parts of your story where, you know, I would let wellness take over my life. But it's so much better when we feel good in the life we already have by treating our bodies well. So I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's the point of it. <laughs> like, that is the point is to eat the plants, do the stuff, think the thoughts, sweat the body in order to be better versions of ourself in our real life. That's the point. And I think there's a lot of pressure to do it the opposite way, but I am here to decrease that pressure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think I, I told you before we started chatting live, or I guess not live, but recorded, <laughs> that I really do feel like you are a breath of fresh air in this health world, because I think you're totally right. There is a lot of pressure to make it your life, but it really can be a part of your life. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So let's just take it back a little bit then. And you kind of shared a little bit of your story, but where did you start? How did you first start getting into the world of partying with plants back when you were in college? Yeah. So like I said, I really struggled with my health for a very long time. I would say there were like eight years where my digestion was just totally ravaged and I saw it answers and help from everyone I could find, multiple gastroenterologists, naturopathic doctors, acupuncturists, um, nutritionists, everyone. And the best I could get, despite doing all the poop tests and the blood tests and the breath tests was IBS. 
which really means we've ruled out everything else and here's your life sentence. Your stomach is going to hurt and we don't really know why and we don't really know how to help you. So I thought I was fated to a life of sickness. Like really, I, when I, and this was, it really peaked and got so much worse when I was in college. And I remember sitting there thinking, gosh, on my wedding day, I'm going to walk down the aisle in pain. I'm going to be maybe too bloated because it's unpredictable to fit into my dress that day. Gosh, like when I'm a mom, like how are my kids ever going to be able to bring me breakfast in bed or anything cute? Because like, I'm going to be sick all the time. That's what I truly thought my life would be. And at the same time as I was just really struggling with my health with then, which then, um, impacted my immune system. So I would get all these weird, really challenging ailments, like chronic ear infections. I got herpes outbreaks on my eyebrow, which just wrecked me. I mean, I got all this weird stuff because my body was just a mess. I was also pursuing comedy and I really wanted to use my words and my voice to alleviate people with laughter. And, um, I wanted to perform standup and write for comedy shows and all this stuff. So that led me to being in college, uh, writing the humor column and doing an internship in LA. So I went to school at Syracuse in New York. And so going quote unquote abroad to LA was what I did for my semester abroad to intern for Adam Sandler's production company. And, on my days off, I was in the mecca of health and wellness, so I would explore all the options. I learned about colonics and took my first spin class and went to all these like woo-woo healers. And um, one day after I was at one of those healers who was selling me like hundreds of dollars worth of like supplements, um, I was checking out and I said, hey, I'm hungry. And the receptionist said, oh, go across the street. There's this wonderful place called Planet Raw. They have this coconut smoothie. Give it a shot. So I went across the street to this like hippy dippy place. And I can like smell the incense, like wafting out into the street. And I go in, I say, Hey, I've, uh, could I have your coconut smoothie? And they give it to me. They hand it to me. And it's this white, creamy, frothy thing. And I say, Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't do dairy. And they say, sweetie, this is vegan. And I had no idea what vegan meant. This was in 2008 before anyone had talked about Beyonce didn't put it on the map. Ellen DeGeneres, nobody. This was not a thing. Um, So I just took the smoothie and was like, whatever, Um, drank it. And it was the first time in like over eight years that I consumed something that didn't make me feel sick. And I went back in and I was like, what is this vegan thing? And so I spent the next uh, many weeks doing my internship, but then in my off time, sitting in Barnes and Noble on the floor with a yellow legal pad, writing every single thing I could from all these vegan cookbooks. Cause this was before Instagram and blogs and everything. So I was like teaching myself all this stuff. I went back to school and now, like I said, I was that girl. I had, I brought a dehydrator to school. I had my juicer. I traded in all my saved up tip money from my first job at Coldstone Creamery to buy my Vitamix. And I had this life where I was uh, this closeted health nut hermit. And I was so embarrassed. I felt so insecure. I felt like such a misfit that I deactivated from my sorority. I started taking classes from my dorm, like online classes, even though I was just like down the street from the, the classrooms. I just retreated and I graduated healthier than ever, but more unhappy than ever. And I, you know, then graduated and pursued, um, I went to the culinary, uh, the natural gourmet Institute, which was a plant-based culinary school, got my health coaching certification while also doing stand up. And I worked for David Letterman and college humor. And I was living this like dual life, like Jekyll and Hyde. And one day I was just like, enough is enough. Let's combine the two. Why, why do I have to pick one lane? So that was when party in my plants happened. Oh my gosh. What a cool what a cool story. Oh my gosh. I've I've heard you talk about your story before, but I love the way you you share it, you know, from the very beginning, not even knowing what vegan meant <laughs> and how much it helped your body and how much mm-hmm. it helped you feel good. But then you got to that point where you were like, Well, this was 
like we said before, totally taking away from your life. And I love that you combined your love for comedy with your love for plants. Like how unique. I've never seen anyone do. I mean, no one could do what you do because no one else is Talia Pollock. But (laughs) it's a very cool concept. So the reason why I wanted to have you on was... This story that you just shared, I've had a, quite a few requests on talking about living a plant-based lifestyle. And I eat lots and lots of plants. I'm super passionate about nutrition. But what I teach is eating intuitively and tuning into our bodies and letting our bodies tell us very much like you did when you drank that first coconut smoothie mm-hmm. and let our bodies tell us what feels good. So obviously, you're the planty expert. But one of the things I love about your approach is that you're not afraid to pivot and shift things and make it work for you and your life as your body asks for it. So can you Mm -hmm. share how your plant-based lifestyle has evolved to fit you over the last 10 years or so? Oh, that's such a good question. And I'm all giddy. I'm just smiling. I don't know. I just love that question. And, you know, I didn't know about the the term intuitive eating until, you know, the past few years, right? It kind of just like exploded, right? The past few years. Um, so I, as I learned, as I heard more about it and I l- learned about it, I was like, oh, like this is, this is just eating. <laughs> so for me, I think that's what I've, what I learned to do when I learned the plant eating. Like I mm. think the two lessons kind of came to me at the same time because the ultimate, um, focus for me was eat foods that make me feel good. And admittedly, I had a awakening when four years into my veganism, I started lifting heavy weights, doing some CrossFit, and I'd be sitting across the table from my now husband as he was eating eggs or fish. And I would feel like a yearning, not a craving, even more than a craving, a physical calling to eat the eggs or eat the fish. And I mean, I was writing for Mind Body Green as a vegan. I was like Talia the vegan. I called myself, you know, the girl with the vegan tattoo. Like I was the type of person you'd meet at a party and five seconds later, you'd know I was a vegan. Like it was my identity. And I struggled for like over six months to allow myself to eat what I was yearning for, what my body was asking for. And it was all because of this label. But as soon as I had that first egg white and the world didn't fall apart and I didn't, no one came coming, the police didn't come out me, me, me like, oh, <laughs> you broke the rules. You know, like I just felt good. I felt better. You know, I felt great. I felt stronger. I was not getting as sick as I was after my workouts. I, I just, it, it was like, that's how you eat. You, you just eat the foods that make you feel good. You don't deny yourself. You eat, you eat the foods that make you feel good. So my whole philosophy is simply eat more plants than you do crap. Crap being chemical, refined, artificial, processed food. I believe if you just eat more plants on any given day, month, year, week, snack, lunch, breakfast, dinner then you do crap. That's the name of the game. And so the other stuff, the meat, the dairy, the sweets, the nuts, the seeds, the grains, whatever that, that's whatever you want to do, whatever your body's asking for. But that is the only rule that I follow. Mm, Yeah, I love that. And I love that you shared that it did take you a little bit of time to come to terms with the fact that your body was craving or yearning for these foods, but that you let that happened. And then when you did, your body was like, yeah, this feels good. And you continue yeah. to to listen to your body in that way. I think it's so hard for, and I, le- I love that you brought up that label too, because I think mm. it's so hard for so many people out there. And, you know, I speak mostly to, or really the majority of the people I speak to are women, mm-hmm. but especially putting that label on themselves, whatever it is around, you know, around food or even around fitness and feeling like they need to eat a certain way because, they do CrossFit or whatever Mm -hmm. it is and struggle with that label. But letting go of that label gives you that freedom to just eat in a way that feels good to you. It's such this challenging like catch 22 because being vegan and calling myself that in the beginning, it helped me have some sort of 
playbook. It, it helped me have some sort of structure, but, but it only worked until it, it didn't feel right anymore, you know? And, and mm. I think again, that's just really listening to yourself and, and honoring yourself because it really, really was awesome to call myself into, to adhere to a vegan diet for a while until it wasn't. And if I had kept forcing myself to be that way, just because of shame of a label, golly, that would have really, really hurt my body and my soul. So it's really tough because in some ways label, they can be slightly helpful, but they can also be very harmful. So ultimately you have to put your, your soul and your heart and your body first. And then the, I guess the label and the rules or whatever second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, using them as like those guidelines for, okay, this is the way I'm going to eat because it feels good now. And then allowing that to change if need be. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, like for me, I mean, I'm an ice cream addict. Like not addict. I'm obs- I'm just upset. I'm obsessed with ice cream. It is my <laughs> thing. My first job was at Coldstone Creamery. I, like, I, I'm obsessed with ice cream, but knowing I don't eat dairy full ice cream is a really nice thing for me to know. It just draws a line, you know, so I don't stop at a dairy queen and then give myself a terribly upset stomach. But the, the, the rule quote unquote, the guideline is there because dairy ice cream makes me sick. So Mm -hmm. it helps me to say, Oh, I only eat dairy free ice cream. So no dairy full ice cream is on the table for me. So, but again, it's, it's the, that guideline is there to honor my body because my utmost number one important goal is to feel as good as I can as often as I can. That's it. That's the goal. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Now I have a total side question then. What is your favorite dairy-free ice cream? Oof, like flavor, company, all of the above. (laughs) (laughs) Or like maybe one or two. Oh my God, I can't. I'm literally obsessed with ice cream. Um, Well, last night I was eating just regular Whole Foods brand of almond milk, mint chocolate chip ice cream, Mm. and it was really good. Um, I have a, a mint chocolate chip actually ice cream in my book that's a kale mint chocolate chip ice cream that's amazing. Oh, I love making banana ice cream, which is just frozen bananas in a food processor. Um, but really, I'm if I'm at a ice cream shop that has ice cream, I will just go vanilla. Vanilla mm. with toppings, chocolate sprinkles, Reese's <laughs> Pieces, any chocolate, anything. Vanilla. I really like vanilla. I love a really good vanilla too. I tend good. to find a really good vanilla ice cream is way better than like a mediocre chocolate ice cream. A hundred percent. Any day of the week. <laughs> you know what I had recently? My body definitely feels better when I don't eat as much dairy. I can do a little bit of it, but something like a big bowl of ice cream will definitely make mm-hmm. my stomach hurt too. So I tend to go dairy-free and I love to experiment. But I, I just recently discovered cashew milk ice cream, which I had not tried before. And it is so creamy and so it delicious. Is. Oh my gosh. I think the company I used I tried was so delicious as well. Oh, <laughs> so perfect. <it> <laughs> Hashtag sponsored. No. <laughs> yeah, right. I wish. <laughs> you can send me all I'll the ice cream that. you want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah. let's talk about treats then, because you're not afraid to eat some treats too, which I love. And I mentioned in the questions that I sent you that I loved when you were at the conference a couple weeks ago and you had your red vine YOLO mint on stories <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> So how do you balance those YOLO mints with eating lots of real plant-based foods? How do you balance that in your life? So I don't think about it really. This is not like, it's not like a, you know, daily plan. My, with my philosophy, I, I love that I'm calling, I'm a philosopher. Now with my, my guideline is eat more plants than you do crap. So I'm always, one red vine, two red vines, three red vines or whatever. It, I'm definitely going to be eating more plants in a day than I'm eating those red vines. So it's really just not a thing that I have to think about because the majority of my time is plants. And I really believe that it's our most of the time that matters most. You know, I believe that our bodies can handle some Cheetos or some red vines or some wine or whatever. So I just make sure that I'm eating a lot of plants so that there's room in my system for the red vines. And, and I, you know, if I'm eating that, I'll eat it slowly and appreciate it and enjoy it and think back to my past life eating Twizzlers and 
And I don't know. I just, I try to stay really present when I'm having those really fun things and tune into my body. Like, okay, we're three enough. Are we good at, are we good at three now? Like, you know, like I, I don't really restrict consciously. I just eat to feel good. That's going to, I'm just going to keep saying that. It's going to be really annoying. (laughs) No, it's not annoying at all because that is totally aligned with my philosophy too. And I totally agree. I love that. I think it can be hard to find that place, but when you kind of front load the way you're eating with those really delicious, but plant-based foods, then it just, it doesn't even become a thing when you have those other things. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, wait, something you just said made me want to say something else, but now I'm forgetting what you said. So I'll come back to it. I can't even, I can't even remember. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's okay. We'll come back. I'll I'll remember later. So let's switch gears then and then talk about taking the hell out of healthy, which is the best tagline ever, by the way, (laughs) because healthy can feel hard. It can feel like it probably did for you in the beginning when you felt like you needed to bring your dehydrator to college and save all of your extra money for the Vitamix and that it has to look a certain way. And I think that's why so many people kind of swing on again, off again, like, oh, I'm healthy this week and I'm not this week. So how do we make it more fun and less hellish? (sighs) Okay. First of all, Yes. Well, first of all, we're living in a time where one does not need to schlep a dehydrator around. Thank (laughs) goodness. I mean, when I first discovered the miracle that is eating plants, there were no stores that sold almond milk legitimately. No stores that sold coconut water. Okay. So now we're living in very different times. So Yay. That's awesome. We should all just be so grateful that 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 we can buy that there are many options of dairy free ice cream available in stores. That was not a thing. So that's great. Um, But that doesn't help what you just asked. I just wanted to put that out there. The real thing for me is that like and I'm going to just keep saying this, that once you make the connection that your food affects how you feel and how you mother or father or child or student or employee or boss, how you show up in the world, you know, because your food affects your energy and your energy affects how you live your life. When you make that connection, then you will likely desire putting the stuff that makes you feel best into your body. And that is how you eliminate the need for willpower. That's how you eliminate the need for discipline, for diet plans, for anything other than joy. Really, when you start to make the connection that the stuff you put in your body makes you your most joyful, best self, why would you not put that stuff in your body? And Or there are times where I will consciously put things in my bod that don't necessarily make me feel my best. Like the red vines, that's a conscious choice. You know, that's the thing. Food shouldn't just be willy-nilly'd in, it should have a purpose. So there are certainly times where I'm like, okay, I'm here at this conference, I'm gonna sit here for a few hours. Like, I don't mind feeling a little bloated if I'm gonna indulge a little bit right now. But it's a conscious choice. I didn't just shove stuff in my body. And then a few hours later, like, Oh, lame. Why do I feel so lousy? Like it's a conscious choice. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, it it totally does. Yeah. Because I think when we can get to that place where we do feel really good, just like you said, we want to continue to feel good. So it doesn't feel like a struggle. Right. There's no on again, off again. If, if it's just your most of the time you're choosing to feel good. Yeah, choosing to feel good. I love that because we can make that choice. And I think sometimes we get stuck in this mindset that we can't choose and that we're just always going to feel this way. And that unless we do this giant overhaul of our lives, which I mean, some people do want to make a big overhaul, like they do want to go vegan and maybe that works for them. But we don't have to make those big overhauls. We can just start adding more plants here and there. And when we feel good, then we we want to continue to do that, just like you said. Yeah, I mean, my husband is such a great example of this. When I, we, we both took totally different routes. I mean, I went overnight vegan, raw vegan, actually. But I was, I was desperate. I was very sick and I discovered this thing and I was in sunny California where raw food was on every corner and it worked for me. For my husband, 
who didn't have any health issues, but when we started living together, you know, plants was what was in the fridge and he started eating it and I would make banana ice cream and he would ask for a bite and then he'd ask for another bite. And then next week he would ask for his own portion. And he just slowly started eating more plants for no like emergency reason. And, and before we knew it, he stopped eating all the crap. He stopped drinking soda. Just he, I didn't put any pressure on him. He just stopped. He started when he would go out with his friends for their like, you know, guys dinner and they would eat all the crap, you know, all the meat and the, you know, the, I don't even know what they eat, but lots of meat and like, <laughs> ugh, you know, ugh, food, like man food. Um, he <laughs> would come home and be like food hung over for days. Mm. And then he just stopped wanting to eat that way. And so when they would do like group dinners, like he would order the kale salad. I love that. And I had a gun to his head, but he just started to notice how much better he felt when he chose good things and healthy things and how much worse he felt when he chose less healthy things. And he just adjusted over time. And it's been amazing to watch. So, yeah, you don't have to do an overnight overhaul, you know, all or nothing thing. Or maybe you do, but you could also do the the slow route. There's no one way. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that example of your husband. I know my husband's had a, a similar story, too, because he's the more and more he's traveled in his career, the more opportunity he has to eat at places that don't make him feel good. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden he's like, all right, I've really got to make up. I remember him telling me a few weeks ago that he was like, I just can't eat another. I think it was a burger or something like that. Yep. He's like, I burgers. really need to eat a salad. <laughs> so everyone else was eating like burgers and fries and he had a salad. And I'm like, yeah, so proud. Yeah. <laughs> and you I, didn't yeah. force him. No, it was him. It's really him tuning into his body and noticing that that balance feels a lot better than mm-hmm. eating the foods over and over again that are making him feel run down. So yeah, such a cool example. Yeah. Go husbands. <laughs> <laughs> So what are your plant party must-have foods? If the woman listening is like, okay, I'm ready. I want to add some more plants. This sounds great. I'm ready to add some in. Maybe not do a whole overhaul. What are your must-have foods? Where would you recommend they start? So the first thing that came to mind is pesto. Mm. I love pesto so much. I think pesto, I just, I love it. And you can make it with any herb that you like. So if you're not a basil person, I've had parsley pesto. I've had mint pesto. I've had cilantro pesto. So you can do any kind of pesto you want. And wonderful thing about pesto is that for me, at least my recipes, I throw in like handfuls of kale or spinach. Mm. So you never, um, you, sorry, did you hear that noise? I'm I'm sure you can edit this out. Yes, I can. Yeah. Did you hear that noise? Yes. It was just a little bit though. It's okay. I don't, should I pause and turn off my sound for that? Sorry. Hold on one moment. Sorry, I, I just don't want you to. That's annoying when people do that. Is I don't hear anything. You? I don't hear anything there anymore. Was a, so. There was a text. Did you hear the text beep? Do you hear that? No, I don't hear anything. Okay. Okay, fine. Sorry. Sorry then. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. Do you okay. want me to ask you the question again? No, I got it. I got it. Okay. So the amazing thing about pesto is that you can add, or at least my recipe, I add like two or three handfuls of kale or spinach because you can never, you can't see it because the whole pesto is green anyway. Mm. So pesto is amazing to put over whatever pasta you're already eating. So that's like a very easy, you know, swap. Just add those plants right into whatever pasta dishes you're already making. Also sweet potatoes. I think sweet potatoes are so underrated. They are the unsung hero. They are nature's, they're naturally sweet. They're a acceptable, sweet vegetable that you can eat with joy because they're incredibly nutritious. So I love using sweet potatoes as like a vehicle. Like you know, I, I, I'll put so much, you can do a tahini sauce on top of them, cut up a veggie burger. You could saute, you know, do some sort of, um, sauteed meat stuff. If you eat meat, <laughs> I like, don't even know what meat stuff is. Chicken, um, all the fish, all anything. So sweet potatoes are wonderful. You can roast them. You can put them in your air fryer and make like fries. You can bake them. Sweet potatoes are amazing. Um, those are two things that I, I always, encourage people to start with. I also think that having 
wraps available, some sort of, you know, sprouted grain tortilla or um, corn tortilla or gluten-free tortilla or spelt tortilla or whatever um, to start making like kind of salads in wraps because I find that salads (sighs) – Salads kind of suck. I don't love salads. (laughs) I'm a planty person and I really don't dig salads. Um, I I want them to be really hearty. I want them, I want that to be really filling. So I'll often take a salad or make a salad and then put it in a wrap where then I can add all sorts of other things. So I can add beans or a veggie burger or I can add cut up sweet potato or lentils or pesto, you know. So that's a really awesome way to, you know, kind of make a salad take you farther and bring you more joy. Oh, I love that. What a good idea. I do love a good salad, but it needs to be like super hearty. I don't do like the greens and cucumbers and tomatoes and that's it. It needs to have some bulk to it. I love the idea of just taking that and putting that in a wrap. I love a good wrap. Yes. Wraps are, they're very, they're just so easy and they're fun. You can customize them. They're wonderful. So what are then your plant party kitchen essentials now that we don't need to tote around a dehydrator, but, and you're in a, you're in a brand new kitchen, right? You guys just moved recently. So what are the essentials you feel like the new plant enthusiast needs to have in their kitchen? Yes. So like gadgets, you mean? Yeah. Gadgets, anything you're like, okay, to live my plant party life, I need these (laughs) items. Okay. A good knife, a good cutting board, obviously. Mm -hmm. A high-speed blender is a very nice thing to have, obviously, to make smoothies if you live in a warm climate. If you don't, it's, like, not that fun to make smoothies in the, like, if I, you know, but everyone gets some sort of summer. So I would say a high-speed blender to make really nice smoothies and sauces. I am obsessed with a food processor. I think, again, an underrated thing, a very underrated tool. They can, that's how I make banana ice cream. That's how I make pestos. Um... Uh, balls, you know, and doughs you can make in there. So I think a food processor is clutch. And I'm obsessed with my air fryer. You know, I, we did just move. And so when I was still in Brooklyn, we didn't have space for it. I, I, I really resist jumping on bandwagons. Like, so everyone's like, oh, my food, my, um, air fryer. And I was like, I don't need that. Like it's too trendy for me. But then I got one and it's changed my life. I can have, you know, I can take a head of cauliflower from a head of cauliflower to an edibly delicious thing in like 15 minutes with no effort. You just put it in there, season it and then go. It's amazing. Cauliflower, broccoli. I've done, um, we do, what else do we do? Sweet potatoes, any potatoes. Then we do like, I've done like um, fish sticks. We've done like tempeh sticks, nuggets or whatever. Like I, I mean, anything I can put in there, I put in there. It's so wonderful. So those are my must haves right now. I need to try the air fryer. I've been resisting because I live in a small apartment kitchen and I don't want another gadget, but it's kind of like the instant pot. I love the instant pot because it does make things happen a lot faster. And sometimes I forget, not sometimes, I always forget to put things in the slow cooker. So that works Mm -hmm. for me. (laughs) But I've heard a few people, or more than a few people, but a few people on the podcast specifically tell me how great the air fryer is. And I'm like, okay, I think I need to, I think I need to take the plunge. I prefer it over the Instant Pot. I know it does different things, serves different purposes, but I, I, I have both now that I have ample space in our kitchen, and I definitely use the air fryer way more than the Instant Pot. Well, it sort of – it gives things that roasted or fried texture, right? And I love that. I love yeah. I love a good Ugh, French fry. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. would be a really great way to have and you those. You can bake in it. At one point, I think oh, I made yeah. a cookie in it. Like, you can you can do anything. <laughs> Everyone's going to go out and buy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sponsored by cashew milk ice cream and air fryer. <laughs> air fryer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, well, if I do go out and buy one, which I probably will now, I'm going to have to, like, post it on Instagram and tag you in it and show you that I did. <laughs> you have to. And one thing I just feel that I should say, it is a brand, but Daily Harvest, I, I just, I mean... I just love Daily Harvest, and everyone asks me about them. Do you know what it is? It's those smoothies that come in your freezer. Yeah, I've heard of them. I haven't tried them. 
I mean, honestly, it's really, really wonderful. You, you just add water or almond milk or cashew milk or whatever, and then you just dump a whole thing into your blender and press go. And you have an amazing superfood packed smoothie. And it's just really talking about taking the hell out of healthy. It's so easy because then you don't have to like chop up like the amount of, of, plant variety you get in there is, is not something I would do on my own. So I, I'll make a smoothie and it'll be like kale and banana, you know, whatever, a few other things, but they are putting in like seven or eight different plants and superfoods. And it's just a lot more nutrient rich than anything like we should be making on our own. And in, in, if we want to also have a life outside of the kitchen. So I love daily harvest and I just felt that I needed to shout them out. <laughs> No, I love that. I'm glad you mentioned that because most of my listeners, I mean, they're pretty much all women and most of them are also moms because I am a mom and a lot of, um, I'm for everyone, but yeah, a lot of them are moms and we want those convenient options (laughs) that we know are going to make us feel good. But I love that you mentioned that variety is so huge and it can be really easy to get stuck into ruts and it can be really expensive if we're buying like 15 different ingredients for our smoothies. But if we just had a variety of different smoothies on hand, I think that could be really convenient. Yeah. And they have, uh, they have entrees too. Like, you know, they have savory things. So you just saute it. It got me through writing my cookbook because I wasn't trying to make fancy lunches. So I just dump it into a saute pan. Boom, boom, boom. So go daily harvest. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, any sort of easy solutions are awesome in my book. (laughs) (laughs) So Let's talk about your recent move. And I know that you travel quite a bit as well. So how do you balance that when you're on the go with all those with those transitions other than daily harvest when you're at home? But if you're on the go, if you're traveling, how do you balance eating in this way that feels really good, this plant party way with being on the road quite a bit? So because my philosophy is simply just eat more plants than I do crap, it's really not challenging. It's not like I have to, you know, pack up all this gear and coolers and all this stuff because I just seek plants wherever I am. So the one thing, like I was saying in the beginning, I do really prioritize my daily bookends. So I make sure when I'm traveling that I have my supplies for my morning and my evening. So I always travel with apple cider vinegar. If I'm going on a plane, I, you know, and check in, not checking a bag, I put them in those TSA friendly containers, even if I need like seven of them, cause they don't mm-hmm. fit a lot of liquid. I bring them or I'll just travel with a bottle of it. And I bring my amazing grass and I bring my shaker cup. And I'm, that's how I've been able to keep up with that for like over, you know, six years. And in the evening, I always have some magnesium tea with me to help me, you know, settle my stomach and sleep well. So I make sure I start and end my day, um, on the home team, you know, like supporting, supporting the mission, supporting the feeling good, the feeling goodness. And so that gives me a little bit more flexibility for what happens in the middle of the day, but I'm always just seeking out the plants. So that might mean that I go on Yelp when I'm in a new place and I search, you know, veggie burger. And I try to find a restaurant that might have veggie burger on the menu or because a veggie burger restaurant will have quinoa and we'll have kale. And, you know, like I look for keywords in Yelp or I'll go to Whole Foods and I'll stock up on some things that I can have with me. But I'm just really always focused on eating those plants and not stressing about the other stuff that might make its way in if, if, if it's more convenient. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. So great. Just having that baseline of, yep, I want to seek out plants, but doesn't need to be stressful. I love it. Yeah. I mean, the, the stress is worse for us than anything. Yes. I mean, I, I say the stress is worse than any pesticides. Like it is that that's absolutely a hundred percent accurate that, that if you're seeking out the plants, but white knuckling it and manic and stressed and, and, you know, freaking out anxious, that's worse for your health than eating some fries with a smile, you know? Yes. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent agree. <laughs> yeah. So you got to stay calm about it. So with that all being said, can you tell us about your new book that you have coming out? You have, oh my gosh, I looked up the recipes for that were kind of in the description of your book and you have recipes like sweet ass sriracha tofu, <laughs> the best pesto pasta bake and pad thai, no time. <laughs> 
And it looks so fabulous. I cannot wait to see it in person. So what was the process like? Other than eating a lot of Daily Harvest meals, what are you <laughs> most proud of? And what was what's your favorite recipe from it? I know those are like three questions in one. <laughs> no, it's great. Oh, I'm most proud that it that it exists and that it's happening. I mean, uh, we started this conversation by me telling you about sitting on the floor of Barnes & Noble with a yellow legal pad. And I... I knew somewhere maybe I know that'd be a lie. I didn't know it was possible that I would one day have a book um, that someone could sit on the floor with a yellow legal pad and scribble from. I hope they buy it instead. But <laughs> to to make that full circle to having my own book on the shelf next to these books that helped change my life is the most surreal, amazing, humbling, exciting thing I've ever experienced. So for that, I'm just so incredibly grateful and so excited and proud. Um, I'm also really just stoked because the book is a guide to help you eat more plants in your real everyday life. So if you haven't picked up on it from this conversation, I'm really not a fan of one, you know, laboring away in their kitchen. I'm, I'm very open about saying that cooking to me is not some like meditative process. I don't love it. I cook to feel good and then get on with my life. And so the recipes in this book really reflect that. They're they're just comfort food that make you feel good and and don't take up your whole day and and a ton of energy and stress. So that I'm very proud about and stoked about. What were the other questions? My favorite recipe? Yeah, what's your favorite recipe from it? That's, I can't answer that question. They're all <laughs> really, they're, it's what I cook for. Like I, since I've got the physical book already, like it's all I cook from. Um, I love this Besto Pesto Planty Pasta Bake because you know I'm big on the pesto as we spoke about. I love, um, I have these cauliflower pizza poppers that are really good. Mm. They're um, like kind of like buffalo wings, but pizza wings with cauliflower. Oh, the Greek pasta salad in the book's amazing. There's a ton of desserts. It's just like it's just comfort food that that works in real life. So, oh, pop. I love that, and I love your philosophy that they don't need to spend hours and hours in the kitchen that they can cook the food that makes them feel good and then get on with their life because I think a lot of us are seeking that and it can be really intimidating sometimes to buy a new cookbook and open it up and go well that recipe has 35 ingredients and takes two hours no way I'm never going to make it as delicious as it looks so real life recipes are awesome absolutely yeah I think that's what's needed at least that's what I need so (laughs) I think that's what most of us need. (laughs) So then do you have any last advice for the listener who's wanting to jump into the world of eating more plants? Well, first, I mean, let me think. We talked about so much. You really, you just got to make the connection that plants make you feel good, food makes you feel stuff, and then take the pressure off and just try to eat more plants than you do crap. I mean, that's not new advice. That's the same advice I've been giving. But you just, it's not more, there's nothing more to say. It's not more complicated than that. And if you're, if it is more complicated for you, then you're making it too complicated and it doesn't have to be that complicated. So that's my advice. Oh, I love it. So I have three final sort of rapid fire questions for you. And if you're willing, I'd like to ask you them. What if I said I wasn't willing? What if I, I was like, know. no, I, I always ask so kindly, like, are you willing? And I'm like, they're already here having an- well, <laughs> answered like no, how many questions? I only do slow fired questions, not rapid. No. <laughs> well, you can take as long as you want to answer these questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. The first thing is we've talked about this a lot, but what is your favorite thing to cook? If you could choose anything to cook. I'd bake. I love baking. Oh, Oh, I love baking. So I have black bean brownies that I bake all the time, oatmeal cookies, chocolate chip cookies. Ooh, I have amazing Rice Krispies treat in my book, Um, chickpea blondies. Oh, I have a single serving cookie. Um, Yeah, so you can make it's 13 minutes in the oven and you just have one double chocolate chip cookie. So it's oh my amazing. Gosh, that's amazing. That, that was like created out of personal necessity because sometimes you just want one freshly baked cookie. But if you have a whole thing, 
and your husband doesn't like cookies that much, then who eats all the cookies? I eat all the cookies. So sometimes I just want one cookie. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh my gosh. So that's in your cookbook. Yes. Oh, awesome. (laughs) So then what is your favorite thing to order or have someone else cook for you? Mm, I love these questions. A veggie burger. I love veggie burgers, but I do not. I'm not making a veggie burger. You talk about time consuming. Oh my gosh. Yes. Nope. That's not even on the table for me. So I love getting other people's veggie burgers, but I love like a, you know, a house made veggie burger, you know? So the restaurants that make them like really thick and vegetable-y, that's awesome. Do you have one, like a restaurant that makes your favorite veggie burger? No, I mean, now that we moved, not really, but I'd love Bear Burger, which is mm. a, do you, do you know Bear Burger? I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, they're a chain out here-ish, um, like New York, Connecticut, uh, maybe New Jersey, whatever. But um, they have good veggie burgers. Oh, and Five Napkin, who's which is in the New York City, they have great veggie burgers. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you have a favorite, like, freezer veggie burger that someone could pick mm-hmm. up? I like Sunshine Burgers a lot. Mm, yeah, me too. Those are, yeah, I think they're the best. I mean, lately when I've been out, if there is like an impossible or beyond burger, like maybe I'll have one and and they're admittedly really good, but they fall in the crap category. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't actually tried one. I've been tempted, but I have not tried one yet, but maybe one of these days just to, just to see how it tastes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're good. They don't make me feel fantastic. And the list of ingredients is a little whack, but that's fine. Our bodies can handle some Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm impossible. <laughs> so my last question for you, we talk a lot about finding, or here on the podcast, we talk a lot about finding what I like to call your beautiful balance. And it's just what we talked about today, going beyond obsessing over your food, but finding nourishment and also pleasure and joy in food and in life. So what does your beautiful balance mean to you? I love that. It means to me that your habits and your actions work to empower your most beautiful life. So like what I've been saying, you do the healthy stuff to give you the most energy to be the best you. And I think that is is the perfect way to look at balance, that your your actions reflect who, who you want to be and how you want to show up in the world. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. Yay. So, me too. <laughs> could you just share where my listeners can find you and just share about your book when it, com- yeah. when it comes out? It'll, be, it'll come up very soon. Yeah, it's, it's about to pop on out. It comes out April 21st and wherever books are sold, you can also go to partyinyourplants.com. That's the name of the book because now it's about your plants. But everything else I do is party in my plants because it started about me. The party was mine, but now it's yours. So you can find me on Instagram, my podcast, my website, YouTube, party in my plants. And then you can also find the book on my um, party in my plants as well. Awesome. Oh my gosh, Talia, thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. I hope everyone will go out and start adding some more, make a pesto and start adding some more <laughs> plants in their life. And they're all going to go out and buy Daily Harvest and an air fryer too. Use code party in my plants to get three free cups. <laughs> <laughs> I might just do that. <laughs> like seriously do it. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, thank you again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.